I mean, that's the whole idea with fanaticism is that it's it just kind of, it gives me that icky kind of feeling. Whenever I see it in front of me, I'm like, it's very repulsive it's, to me. It's like, very I'm, off-putting. Yeah. That yeah. I heard enthusiasm. There's nothing wrong with enthusiasm. It's when it gets to the point of being completely untempered that it can be very dangerous. And I always think of, <laughs> I think of this image from like a cartoon when like the cartoon character has like pinwheel eyes Oh, so like yeah. somebody who's a fanatic, like they'll just have these big bugged out eyes and like, they're just kind of like looking through you and you're like, whoa, man, like take it easy. Right. As the crazy's coming up. Well, they're talking at you, not talking with you. There's a difference in talking at someone and talking with someone and fanatics tend to not be willing to engage in conversation. Welcome to Confessions of a Financial Advisor the antidote to conventional financial wisdom. My name is Al, and I've been a financial advisor for over 20 years. This podcast will explore the emotional and psychological factors that affect our behaviors. All of the other financial podcasts out there will talk about the numbers and the math. We will confront the stories that we all fuse with that ultimately set the course for our lives. I am not looking for new clients and have no intention on running for any kind of office. I'm going to tell you like it is and call out all the commonplace BS. Now, let's get into confessions of a financial advisor. All right, we are on episode 16, and this one is called Fanaticism. Hi, Diane. Hey, Al. All right. Good to have you here as always. So the quote that got me started off on this path of thinking about fanaticism was the definition. So fanaticism consists of redoubling your efforts when you have forgotten your aim. Mm. And I think that's, what was that guy's name? George Santiana? I don't know how to pronounce it. I don't know properly. how to pronounce it. Yeah. It's I on just, the post. It's on the post. It was just such a cool, like... I never heard the definition said that way. Well, but it made some visual, like, you know, just constantly increasing effort without even having any awareness of what you're aiming for or where you're trying to go. Like effort for the sake of effort. Right. Or if if you're way off course and you're Mm -hmm. just, you just keep pushing ahead and you have no idea where you're going. Yeah. And so we talk about like the sports fan, like the rabid sports fan and (laughs) (laughs) Being here in the South, we also mentioned that there's so many rivalries. One of the biggest ones down here is Duke and UNC UNC. Chapel Hill, right? So everybody is on one side or the other there. And when basketball season's going on, they always play each other, I think, like at least once or twice a season. Yeah. Man, those people like get crazed about those games. And the next day when you see them, I just remember this when I used to go into an office Whoever's team lost, those yeah. people would be down in the dumps all day long. Like depressed. Yeah. Michigan like, and like, Ohio State's another one. I, I have some rabid Michigan friends who are Michigan, Ohio State. Just like, dude, it's just the game. Like it's really just the game. Yeah. University of South Carolina, Clemson. There's like a whole yeah, bunch yeah. of them, you know. Yeah. So wherever you went to school. A lot of these people never even went to school at these places. Right. Most of them never played on the team. I mean, it wasn't mm-hmm. like I could almost understand it a little bit more if you like played on the team and you went to yeah. that school. Yeah. It makes it a little bit different. But just, and then I mentioned to you this incident I had happened a few months ago. I'm at a sports bar 
Uh-huh. I see this guy. I'm having lunch at a sports bar. He's literally in full garb, San Francisco 49er, full garb, watching the game. With his children. With three his chil- three uh-huh. children, very young, all under, I think, nine or ten. Like one, one was like one was like three, you know? Yeah. In a bar. There's basically a bar. <laughs> and he's freaking out, like literally standing up, throwing his arms in the air. Like kind of muttering to himself and like just pissed at every play and like his team's losing. And he just looks like such a moron. And and he's doing this in plain sight in public. I mean, everybody's looking at him, you know, like what is wrong? Otherwise the guy seemed to look normal. Like he just seemed like a normal person. Right. But the way he was acting was so off the charts. And I was like, wow, why would you do this in public? Keep that inside, pal. Like, that's what must he be like at home? Right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my, yeah, right. If that's what you do, yeah, yeah. In some weird way, I almost respected the guy for not even caring about what anybody Eric, thought of him. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's the same guy as like the crazy preacher, the fanatical preacher, the fanatical preacher. There was a. Let me go back to the church thing. So there's a preacher that down here in the south. I was in the church bands. Mm-hmm. And I used to watch him talk to us and he would get very manic. Right. Meaning like, uh, just, he just, see, like Before. he had like four cups of coffee or like three Red Bulls and was on this tirade like, rant yeah. <laughs> of God and the Lord and love and this and that. And he just started building it up and up and up. And I just remember kind of sitting back in my chair. I'm going to slowly back away from that. Yeah. Like, whoa. So it's like this strange kind of, I don't know. Over what, the top overzealous, just oh. crazy. I mean, it's crazy to see and witness something like that. Yeah. The questions we always like doing on this podcast are, <laughs> well, all right, there's benefits, right? There's benefits being a sports fan. You know, you get to have a yeah. good time watching the game. You look forward to football season. Sunday comes. You spend Hang out with friends. Hang yeah. out with friends. Go to the know, game, whatever. Have yeah, some drinks, whatever. Yeah. What's the downside? So... Right. Where else does this show up in your life? How is this affecting relationships? How is this affecting your own psyche? Well, it's, I think it gets dangerous where, or this is where I wonder, where is the tipping point? Like, where does it get beyond something for enjoyment and into a path of excess that left unchecked? Where, is, where could it lead? Yeah, and it's sort of like this idea of tribalism where mm. we all want to, belong to like this team or a group or uh yeah and where are the dangers in that we kind of took it to the nth degree talking about nazi germany right where they all bought into it the political kool-aid they were being fed everybody's look how that turned out yeah the the whole world (laughs) is oppressing the germans and we need to fight back it's like this kind of idea that everybody's against us fault of the jews we'll talk about religion and yeah let's just go ahead and kill them all it's like oh yeah that's not crazy like, yeah, on a grand scale. Like, and so I quote Christopher Hitchens a lot on this podcast because I like him so much. I think everybody should go out and just look on YouTube, listen to this guy. He passed away like eight years ago, but he was the funniest orator, in my opinion. And he talks about how religion specifically basically has this ingratiating way of like introducing itself these days because they're not allowed to be that fanatical in public. And there's laws against like, you know, beating people for not believing what you believe in and for like really oppressing people. But he he like reminds the audience, he's like, just don't forget the way religion acted when it actually had true power, you know, Mm -hmm. bring it back 500 years or even less Mm -hmm. than that. 
where there was a and cruel and just damaging yeah. and yeah. And so when you see the fanatic, like the fanatic is always teetering on that frenzy. The edge they're, of sanity. Yeah. Like they're tempered only by what social norms will tell them. Yeah. Keep them but, in line. But, but if that wasn't around, there were no laws. You could sort of see it spiraling to something dangerous. Mm-hmm. And so that's what always intrigued me about like fanatics. I mean, there's nothing wrong with having a passionate interest in things. It's just when you let it go unchecked, you can find yourself in dangerous territory, I think. Or when you want other people to believe what you believe. Right. And are on like a mission to convince everybody else that your way is the right way. Hmm. And even worse, if you don't believe, then there's something wrong with you. Wrong with you. You're evil. Yeah. I need to punish you. Like I'm the authority here. You don't believe. It's a slippery slope to say the least. Uh Um, And this happens... So I always think of, you know, rabid sports fans. I think of like a preacher, evangelists. Mm-hmm. But I also, I wanted to consider both of those types of people as children, right? Yeah. So at some point, the rabid sports fan had great joy maybe from playing a sport and yeah, watching totally. sports, maybe watched it with his dad. Maybe found it a bonding experience. Yeah. Yeah, and, there was value in it. Right. At some point, though, along the course of his life, it turned into fanaticism, right? Mm -hmm. It turned into something that is a double-edged sword. Maybe he gets some joy out of it, but he gets a lot of, like... Misery. Misery and just anguish. And isn't it a little crazy to wrap our identity up in something that has nothing to do with us? Like, sports is totally... I'm not playing the game. I'm not on the football field. Like, why am I going to tie my moods to a game that I'm not even involved in. You're an observer. Yeah. You're out of it. You have nothing to do with it. Right. You're just watching something. And I think of the preacher in the same way. So I think of like the preacher, the preacher at some point was a kid, little uh-huh. kid, and maybe had a were. good, we all yeah. were, right? <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe at some point. <laughs> maybe he wasn't, maybe he was always an adult. Right. So the preacher at some point was a kid and got a joyous experience from being in church or right. being around religion or being around the community. community or belonging, or maybe it was a family experience, but, but yeah, then there's some benefit, but at some point a line gets crossed. And it turned, yeah, there's this turning point where now it turns into, you need to believe what I believe. This is right. the truth. It's no longer something that you could just have to your own that gives you joy. That's right. So it's a, it's a strange turning point. I see like a very similar kind of trait with like sports fanatics, preachers, evangelists. Mm-hmm. But I like to think of them as children that at some point they did get joy from this and it had no uh, negative connotation to no it. No downside, right? No downside. So at some point it changed. And then I, I try to think of all the ways, now that it's changed, how can that play out? And how is that dangerous to the, the person themselves and to the community around them, yeah. the family? And so we talked about finance. Mm. Yeah. So you have these heavy, heavy hitters making lots and lots of money, have uh-huh. large incomes. Uh-huh. So I always use like a round figure because it's very Easy high. Yeah. yeah. Half a million dollars a year. Like not many people make that kind of money and up, you know, it's mm-hmm. very rare. It's probably like the top 0.01%. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I know some of these people and a lot of them, I would say not the majority, but a lot of them literally are spending at their income level. So they have nothing. 
Mm. As long as that income goes, they're fine. As soon as they lose that income, they're or done. It decreases, right? Because they're what we've talked about it's calling it like lifestyle creep. Like yes. as your income increases, typically your expenses then follow suit. So you're always living in that redlining type of lifestyle. So many people are living several months from financial ruin. Yeah. If not several weeks or, mm-hmm. you know, or they're in debt. Well, because once you get the higher paying job, then you've got to play the part, so to speak. Well, you need the car to go along with that. And you need the wardrobe to go along with that. And more and more and more. And it's this pathway of excess. Yes. And it's a fanaticism. It's a money fanaticism. It's basically... Earning for the sake of earning. But... Yeah. Like, what's the point? Like, you're just more, 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 more money, more title climbing the corporate ladder. like Yeah. And why did you start the whole process? So you started the whole process of working so you can support yourself, right? Right. And then at what point does it turn to like, now I have to be on an all out, relentless kind of journey to like make more and have mm-hmm. more and make more and have more and make more and have more and back and forth. Yeah. And then you, so basically you're a money fanatic. And I think what happens is they put the image of success ahead of the actual security that you can get. Or meaningful work. Like, oh yeah, meaningful work, right. Hmm. I mean, my ex-husband was very much the company guy. Like he worked for one of the big banks in town. Mm-hmm. Just, there's a lot of reasons I don't bank with them any longer. Um, <laughs> not the least of which was that they employed my ex-husband. But um, <laughs> he was very much that drinking the corporate Kool-Aid. How can I better the company, but he was all about what other people thought. Like he was obsessed about what other people thought of him. Yeah. I mean, I remember back when we were married, I took him to an event with me and he was horrified. Like he was like having a freaking fit. He's like, why didn't you tell me people were dressed? I'm like, there's people in jeans, dude. Like chill. Like here's go, go get wine and just drink. And then they'll come back to me when you chilled the hell out a little bit more, but he was upset with me. Because he thought other people were going to judge his appearance or the clothes he was wearing. And I was like, wow. Like, so hyper focused on other people's opinions. It was exhausting to be around. That's kind of where it comes from. It's always internalized. So it's always this well, everybody's looking at me, everybody's staring at me. I'm the center of the universe. Nobody cares about you, pal. (laughs) Nobody's thinking about you as much as you are. bought a brand new car like two weeks after we separated. Now Neil say he didn't have a financial advisor in his life, but I was like, yeah. I'm going to go buy a brand new car. Like, okay, that's cool. Yeah. But yeah, it, it was external. It was the status and mm-hmm. the perception that was so important to him. Yeah. And tying that back to being like a fanatic, it's just, then that takes over your life. Right. So totally. that's, absolutely. That's all you're yeah. thinking about. And that's, again, that's like where the day, like you can take this to any extreme and there's different levels to all of it. Obviously, like a, a very mellow level would be to be a sports fanatic. I mean, take that up a notch is when you're throwing your shoe at the TV because your team yeah. lost. Or, you know, and then it could just notch up from there to Absolutely. like, yeah. and I know I, this sounds like such almost like just exaggerating, but that can eventually lead to a tribalism that... Mm-hmm is kind of like, you know, what happened in Nazi Germany or vicious and brutal and just yeah, so they, with humanity. Like, hmm, yeah. yeah. Like how do these violent groups get together? It's like they mm-hmm. all well, start they, believing the same thing and yeah. uh, questioning it. 
Right. Not, not having any self-awareness. Maybe I should look at the other side of this. Yeah, I think the danger sets in when there's a, a deep unwillingness to allow for or consider alternate opinions and perspectives. It's like, you can believe what you believe. And I think the dangerous part is when you refuse to accept that there might be alternate options than mm. what you choose to believe. With the religion thing, I feel like a lot of times it's presented as, I want this for you. Mm. You know what I mean? So I've had people say that to me, like, you know, I really want this for you. Like what I have, I want for you. I'm in such a good place. I want you to experience And knowing nothing that you, yeah, knowing nothing about me, I want you to have what I have. Mm. But I don't really believe that that's authentic. Like, I feel like it's just coming across. Like it's not authentically altruistic. Like there's some sort of benefit to them. Like an ulterior motive, right? Yeah. It's like a... It's strange. So like, I think it, it's like I'm walking around and I, I go to the gym a lot. It's uh-huh. like if I walked around and said, hey, I really want you to be in shape like me and go up to like, you know, fat people and to say, oh, listen, I really want you to have what I have. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, I want you to experience this too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, people just try to like put their like, you know, they just try to get right in on your life. And it's like, back off, will you? I didn't, right. I didn't ask you for anything. Right. Stop. Again, any type of preaching, any type of um, fanaticism, it crosses a line. Um, to a level of crazy. I mean, that's just Right. Crazy. And it's funny. It's, it's only what society allows. We've talked about this on other posts. Mm-hmm. Like society allows certain things in different parts of the country, different parts of the world, right? Mm-hmm. So fanaticism isn't tolerated as much up in New York because Not there's so many- Religious fanaticism. Religious anyway. fanaticism. Right. Right. New York's got its own issues. I mean, it's not painful. <laughs> it totally does. It totally, actually, you're right. Sports fanaticism is totally tolerated up there. It's totally encouraged, yeah. And encouraged. Um, so, yeah, specifically religious fanaticism. And reason being is because there's hundreds of different religions there and people from all walks of life that believe a million different things. And when it's you a have total that melting pot. Yeah. There's, I mean, people from all over, it's more tolerant. I think it um, has to be, there, yeah. there's no other way. There's, like there's so much diversity. It's like, you can't really be exclusionary. Yeah. And so when you're in an area where everybody believes the same thing, it's mm-hmm. very easy to just be public with it. You know, it's sort of like, yeah, well, everybody believes this. So I'm going to tell you what I think. And that's I don't want to repeat things that we said in other posts, but like that's what I, that's the thing I do miss about New York is that kind of like just not talked about. It's like you do right. you, like you say, you right. do you, I do me. You want to have a discussion? You want to ask questions? Yeah, whatever you want to do behind closed doors is cool. Just yeah, we could talk about things, but don't yeah. push your shit on me. I mean, that's the whole idea with fanaticism is that. It, it's just kind of, it gives me that icky kind of feeling. Whenever I see it in front of me, I'm like, it's very repulsive it's, to me. It's like, very I'm, off-putting. Yeah. That yeah. I've heard enthusiasm. There's nothing wrong with enthusiasm. It's when it gets to the point of being completely untempered that it can be very dangerous. And I always think of, <laughs> I think of this image from like a cartoon when like the cartoon character has like pinwheel eyes Oh, so like somebody who's a fanatic, like they'll just have these big bugged out eyes and like, they're just kind of like looking through you and you're like, whoa, man, like take it easy. Right. As the crazy's coming up. Well, they're talking at you, not talking with you. There's a difference in talking at someone and talking with someone. 
And fanatics tend to not be willing to engage in conversation, mutual conversation anyway. It's like very one-sided. It's it's very one-sided. I'm going to tell you, here's what I believe. Here's what you need to believe. It's not a conversation. Yeah. it's Or it's not a reciprocal conversation. It's a one-sided conversation. Yeah. So if somebody's talking to me, I can kind of say, oh, well, I never considered that. Or, you know, let me think about that. I never thought of it that way. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. I don't agree. Maybe I don't agree with it. Maybe I do, but I can consider it. Yeah. There's no consideration when you're dealing with a fanatic. They're just. No, it's so extreme. It is all or nothing. It is total black and white. They miss the entire span of gray area that's in the middle and they're just unwilling to see it. So scary. That's that's Oh, they're terrifying to be around. And then we talked, I love, what did we call it in the post? Psychotic small talk. Like the experience of that. (laughs) You and I are both just like, we'll be running in the other direction. Oh, like, no. Can we not talk about the weather? There'll be weather tomorrow. There was weather yesterday. Yeah. Because like, I feel like their, their reasoning is so far out of whack. It's like, uh-huh. they're, they're so unpredictable. Totally. Because if they would believe this one train of thought and have no, you know, not open to anything else, I'm like, how else are they thinking, you know, in that way, you know? That extreme. That it, means it is. extremism in any form is dangerous. And I guess when you think about it for like, I think about like the KKK, you think about some like, you know, hillbilly from the mountains and you're like, uh-huh. all right, that's. It's kind of stereotypical. Right. But it's not that. It's people that are like highly educated and right, that seems, highly intelligent. Yeah. Like reasonable people that then they come out with some crazy. Sh- it's just like, wait. Yeah. What? And like people in power too. Like people like, I mean, uh, oh. that's a whole other, a whole other thing. That we don't need to. I mean, know. they always talk about Mike Pence, right? Mike Pence is like very religious, you know? I was, yeah, I don't know. That's what I heard. I don't know. I don't know the guy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, and then when it comes to money, so the money thing, it just goes down a a dark road because it's just, it's a never ending cycle. You could always spend, I mean, look at a guy like Mike Tyson. I mean, he's made over $150 million in his career, spent every dime of it, became, was broke. Like there's no amount of money that you can't not spend. Oh, totally. You know, so. There's endless options. You're looking to spend money. Yeah. You're never going to run out of them. Plenty of open hands. Yeah. That no, totally. I'm looking to take yeah. it. Yeah. So that's kind of the post on fanaticism. I wanted to get into how just the train of thought and just the mentality can kind of go down so many different paths. It could be religion. It could be finance. It could be sports. It could be so many different things. Food. Uh, Food. Drugs. I mean, take it wherever you want to take it. But yeah, I mean, too right. much of anything. It's not only not healthy, it's not sustainable. Over the Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, food. I didn't even think of food. Like you think about like veganism and like, oh, yeah. you know, all that kind of thing. And yeah. I mean, there's so many terms that I've never even heard of. There's like the octo one where like you could have eggs, but you or can't have this. Pescatarian, yeah. you can have fish, but you can't do this. Right. And then, and that's fine. Like you can make that decision. That's cool. Yeah. But if you walk around, what if you walked around and you walked into every restaurant and you're like, hey, you're serving meat in this restaurant. That's right. I'm against that. You, we we got to close this place up. Yeah. You're evil. Yeah, it's like, well, yeah, at what point yourself, you decide where you want to eat and you decide where you want to spend your money. But again, you do you, you know, well, it's that it comes back to judgment. It's yeah. fanaticism inherently involves judging another as wrong or bad or inferior. And yeah. that is where the danger, I think, really comes in. Yeah, my way is the right way. Mm-hmm. My way is the right way. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> exactly. Walk through life thinking your way is the right way. That's and the like, only way. And the only like, way. All right. Come on, people. Yeah, man. I mean, yeah, you got fitness fanatics, right? Totally. Well, that doing yeah. steroids, doing kind of like crazy stuff for performance enhancements. Yeah, you could take anything to an extreme. I remember watching that movie. I can't remember the name of it, but it was about the piano player. He was playing like that Rachmaninoff piece and he was like literally like laying on the piano and his fingers were just going like his mind was just like in this crazy state because like he wanted to nail this piece and he literally made himself crazy by playing so much and such such an extreme to such an extreme. He literally lost his mind and snapped. It won an Academy Award. I can't remember the movie. I can fix some of the audience can. Yeah, I can't figure out the name either. It'll it'll be 10 minutes after we stop recording. Exactly. It just, it speaks to a level of obsession that doesn't feel healthy. I mean, it just doesn't feel fun. No. That type of extreme. But I want to dig in, where does it come from? Like, what's our, what's the need that we're trying? Like, obviously we want something by doing this, right? Mm -hmm. You become a fanatic because you're getting something from it. Like, we don't Mm -hmm. behave in any way. Without some benefit that we're receiving. Whether that benefit is negative or positive. True. Like, perceived benefit, right? Well, now, obviously, reality. cocaine gives you benefits, you know, but it's not Does good it? for you. <laughs> yeah, like, it, you know, it makes you awake and alert and all that, but great. I'll stick Go to down. coffee. Yeah, stick like to coffee. coffee. <laughs> Tempering these things. Yeah. I'm nonverbal without coffee. Like in the morning, nope, don't talk to me until I have caffeine. Yeah, I'm the same way. But you can take anything to an extreme and it's a level of excess that is, that's where the danger really, really lies. So. Yeah, it gets scary with the tribalism part, though. When when people start forming groups, you can have, rattle this stuff in your own head and be okay. But like when you basically form a group against that has another group against and, another group, or like mm-hmm. it's my way and my way is the only right way, and then right, my way is the only right way. You too, yeah, okay, you're part of my group. Let's go. Let's build this right. big group. Everybody where, else is evil, and yeah. And then, yeah, there's outsiders and yeah, we're, we're the insiders, you're the outsiders. It creates mm-hmm. this distance. It's yeah. like, um, it's the yeah. opposite of connection. It's divisive. But I guess what's the feeling that they're getting that they think is beneficial? What's feeding? Because it's serving a purpose. Yeah. That's a feeling of belonging. Belonging. To a group. Uh, Identifying with a group. Don't you think? Yeah. My like society. theory, but Yeah. Yeah. Like it's part of like, it's almost like a family, right? They're trying to create some sort of community family feeling. Right. Why couldn't they do it in a different way? You know, why does it have to be so extreme? And why does it have to negate like everybody else's ideas? And that's where I don't get it. I don't get why it needs to be in that form. But fanatics are by their nature, probably not willing to have such conversations with people. They're not even willing to consider having such a conversation. And again, why? Like, I always wonder why. Why do they, why are they unwilling to have- Why do you need to, to know why? <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. To cover here. <laughs> Hold on, wanna, I want to know the root the of this. What, <laughs> what, what happened to them in their childhood that, that imprinted this type of behavior? Yeah. I mean, there's a million different right. ways to it. There's so many variables, right? There's millions of variables that- Yeah all coincided and one after another that brought them to that place somehow manifest in a level of crazy that horrifies some of the rest of <laughs> the planet with them. Like, I don't know. You don't seem, you seem unhinged. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess it's the whole idea of the self-awareness part. 
like when people lack that kind of set, any kind of self-awareness, not even like a hot, not even talking like a meditator, just have some sort of awareness. Oh, what, what not even self-aware, like a willingness, a willingness to consider alternate perspectives, willingness to just accept people as they are. Yeah, but w- willingness, yeah, but self-awareness just in the sense that they could kind of look back on themselves and see how they're acting, hmm. you know, where like, like think again, the guy at the, you know, the sports bar screaming at the TV, kicking things, yelling, muttering to himself. He's probably divorced. I mean, <laughs> you're not with that? <laughs> That for his kids, like they're stuck with him. I was, yeah, I almost wanted to call like you know social services. Because it like, makes me wonder why. Where's mom? Like it's these guys with three kids at a bar, like yeah, football, drinking beer after beer, like in the afternoon on a Sunday. I'm like, huh? Yeah. So I mean, I can talk about this stuff all day <laughs> and just you know rip, try to rip apart it. <laughs> Psychoanalyze the world. Yeah. They do things. There's no use in trying to understand sometimes. Things are just the way they are. Sometimes they are. Just <laughs> crazy world. All right. So that's fanaticism. Unless there's anything else you want to add, Diane. No, I think we covered it pretty well. Okay. So that was episode 16. <laughs> fanaticism. There's a lot of fanatics out there. There are. Stay away from them. Oh, especially when driving. Oh, God. People are so crazy on the road here. We talk about it a lot, but drivers in Charlotte are, I mean, I grew up driving and I learned to drive in New York. I've mm-hmm. driven in cities around the country. Yeah, Charlotte drivers are crazy. Well, but there's no cell phone laws. I mean, that just, how do you not have a cell phone? Everyone is here? driving around distracted. Everyone yeah. is driving around is so freaking unpredictable. I can't, when I see guys on like, or girls on motorcycles, yeah. I'm like, what do you have a death wish? I'm like, you, oh, you, there was one on Providence Road the other day, like weaving in and out of traffic, and I'm watching it. I just want to get as far away from you as possible. Like, yeah, like it gets, it gives me so much anxiety seeing like a, a motorcycle like flying down the road past me. I'm like, I'm going to see him dead, like up right. ahead. Like, I, and I don't want to see that. No. But- <laughs> and it's not even his driving. I'm like, I'm sure you're a good motorcycle driver, but you realize there's people on their cell phones that are like split second thing to where they swerve into your lane and knocks you off that bike. Mm-hmm. Ah, freaks me out. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's the worst city I've ever driven and that would be Boston. But yeah, it's Charlotte's pretty high up there. Yeah, Charlotte's up there. So what are we talking about next week? All right. So next week we got episode 17 and... I'm going to stop myself from saying I can't wait to talk about this topic. And it's a great topic, <laughs> but it really is overcoming We're have fun with it no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> it's called overcoming fear. Okay. Man, we all deal with that, right? Fear is pretty common. Yep. And it's funny, like fear like comes in so many different forms. Like, you know, we always think of fear as like um there's different levels of fear and anxiety. Yeah. There's like existential fears of like, you know, death and that kind of thing. But then right. there's fears of Yeah. Fear of success, fear of failure, fear of... Isn't that an interesting conversation? <laughs> fear of relationships, fear of oh, intimacy. Let's not go there. No. All right. <laughs> <laughs> like your mind will conjure limitless fears. Totally. Yes. Often only existing within your mind. Yeah. Yeah, and I always think of that Mark Twain quote where he says, you know, all the troubles in my life, most of which did never happen. Never happened. Or something along those lines. Yeah. So yeah, so next week will be Overcoming Fear, episode 17. Please follow us, fa-confessions.com, and like and subscribe and share. Well, it was fun, Diane. Another good one. 
All right. The next week will be overcoming fear. So see you next time. See you next time.